0: From the U.S. Army, a national touring band and rock radio programmer, it's Nick Summers. And this is The Right Side of Rock. Here's Nick Summers. Okay, so this week it's all about the 70s one-hit wonders, and where are they now? Interesting. Hey, by the way, thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe to be notified when new episodes are available, The Right Side of Rock. Also, rate me. Let me know how I'm doing and share this with a friend who you think you might enjoy this. Also, get in touch with me. Questions, comments, ideas for future episodes. I love it all. NickTalk945 at gmail.com. That's NickTalk945 at gmail.com. Are you ready? You're listening to The Right Side of Rock. With Nick Summers. One-hit wonder time. I was taking a look at this, uh, this article on ultimate classic rock. It seemed pretty interesting. And that actually uh, sparked the idea for this week's episode. The term one-hit wonder tends to come with a negative connotation. But many acts who fall under that category created songs that continue to resonate generations after their original release. Take Spirit in the Sky, for example, the Norman Greenbaum classic. You know, that fuzzed-out guitar sound? Right, it was a 1970 hit, huge hit, and proved to be the only marquee success of his career. Still, Spirit of the Sky is undoubtedly one of the most recognizable songs of its era, and it's been used in over 100 TV shows and movies, not to mention commercials. Now, on top of that, many classic one-hit wonders continued making music even after their initial star faded. Some found further success in def- maybe in different groups. Others changed career paths entirely. Not only are we visiting the one-hit wonders, but where are they now? That's kind of an interesting thing. I always I wondered that. So I've got a little list here. These are just from the 70s. I'll focus on the 80s maybe next week. And by the way, one-hit wonder, for the sake of this list, and according to Ultimate Classic Rock, They defined it as artists who never again reached the top 20. So there's a couple of bands in here who I I had no idea. I've got a couple of their albums. I think they're great. But according to this list and the criteria set by Ultimate Classic Rock, it's bands who never had another top 20 hit again. For example, Thin Lizzy is not on the list. Even though they had only one hit in the US, the boys are back in town in 1976. But they had huge success overseas. Not to mention, there's a lot of great songs that Classic Rock Radio still plays from Thin Lizzy. So, again, not on the list. So now you know the rules. Here we go. We'll start with Wild Cherry. They reached number one in 1976 with Play That Funky Music, White Boy. the Ohio-based funk rock band's self-titled album to platinum sales. That means a million or more and a pair of Grammy nominations. But zero follow-up releases. None. They had nothing. They even broke up in 1979. So where are they now? Well, some of its members moved on to various other musical endeavors. Lead singer Rob Parisi became a songwriter and producer, producing even Gary U.S. Bond's 1981 album, Dedication. Then he moved into the smooth jazz genre. Now you know who this guy is. Guitarist, vocalist Donnie Iris. Sure, he had a few songs that landed in the top 40. Aaliyah at number 29, Love is Like a Rock. You remember that one. Did okay, but again, never came close to matching the heights of play that funky music. Side note, keyboardist Mark Avzek played with Donnie Iris and the Cruisers, but he also wrote the song She Don't Know Me. Does that sound familiar? Bon Jovi recorded it, included it on their debut album. I had no idea that guy wrote that. Interesting. Steeler's Wheel lineup was in constant flux from day one. Joe Egan and Jerry Rafferty formed the Scottish Folk Rock Band, then released a self-titled debut album in 1972. You ready for this? Stuck in the Middle with You. Yes, Jerry Rafferty was on that, sang it. something right I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair and I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs clowns to the left of me jokers to the right here I am stuck in the middle with you yes I'm stuck in the middle with you huge hit in 1972 but Rafferty soon left he did come back to Steeler's Wheel, but they never had another song again, another, never really had a hit or an album that was worth anything. Jerry Rafferty pursued a solo career, actually had a really huge hit with Baker Street. Albums sold more than a million copies and five million across the globe. He would release ten solo albums before, sadly, liver failure as a result. Years of alcoholism led to his death in 2011. His partner stayed out of the public eye, retired from the music business. Joe Egan, living a quiet life in Paisley, Scotland. I, I debated whether or not to include this song just because I hated this song. <laughs> but here we go. Don't beat me up. I know this is the right side of rock and this is really light rock. Ugh. But I got it because I was curious. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember that song. I never liked it. But where did they go? Who remembers Afternoon Delight? Starland Vocal Band. Songwriting duo Bill Danoff and Taffy Nievert were married in 1972. Shortly after their song, Take Me Home, Country Roads became a hit for John Denver. That's right. They wrote songs for other artists. They decided to come in and record this song called Afternoon Delight in 1976. They won two Grammys, including Best New Artist. They beat out Boston. (gasps) Even had their own TV variety show over one song they were unable to produce another hit song. By the way, they split in 1981 and divorced. Gonna find my baby, gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some afternoon delight. My motto's always been, when it's right, it's right. Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night when everything's a little clearer in the light of day? hey we know the night is always going to be here anyway. Thinking of he's working up my appetite. Looking forward to a little afternoon delight. Rubbing sticks and stones together make the sparks ignite. And the thought of loving you is getting so excited. Skyrockets in flight. Afternoon delight. So Danoff continued writing. Uh, songwriting after the band, including several further collaborations with John Denver prior to his death in 1997. Danoff also served as a college professor teaching students about songwriting in the music industry. And that's pretty cool. Nievert occasionally reunited with her ex-husband to perform Starlight, or I'm sorry, Star. Nievert occasionally reunited with her ex-husband to perform Starland Vocal Band Material, I assume on the county fair circuit, not sure. Now, this one just barely made the list here. According to Ultimate Classic Rock, it was released in 1979. Didn't really become a hit until after, but it was released in 79. What is it? It's the Buckles. Sure. Video killed the radio star. I heard you on the wireless back in 52. Lying awake intently tuning in on you. If I was young, it didn't stop you coming. song so iconic well it only reached number 40 in america but it earned so much more attention a couple of years later when it became the very first music video to air on mtv in august of 1981 but it makes the list it was released in 1979 and it's just so iconic because well it's their first song the buckles were briefly absorbed into yes when horn and downs joined for a stint in 1980 and Then broke up. Do- then they broke up. Then Yes broke up. The Buggles disbanded. Downs joined the supergroup Asia. You remember that band? Sure. Horn, meanwhile, went on to a successful career as a record promoter, including Yes, Paul McCartney, Seal, Tina Turner, Tom Jones, Cher, Simple Minds. There you go. The one we talked about at the beginning Norman Greenbaum. His music career originally began with Dr. West's Medicine Show and Junk Band. Yeah, that's, that's a mouthful. A novelty group, in which he served as the vocalist and bandleader in the late 60s, he branched into folk as a solo artist. When Spirit in the Sky caught the ear of executives at Reprise Records, they handed Greenbaum over to producer Eric Jacobson, who reworked the track into a thumping psychedelic rocker. Released in December of 1969, this song became a massive hit, peaking at number three. Spirit in the Sky. By the way, inspired by his love of Western. When I die and I lay to rest Gonna go to the place that's the best. Bomb Now. He only released two more albums following the success of that song, Spirit in the Sky. He moved to Northern California, eventually got into the restaurant business. Working at a chef at one of his restaurants, only occasionally returning to the stage to perform his classic rock track, again, with the uh, county fair circuit. Meanwhile, Spirit in the Sky has been used in a long and impressive list of films and TV shows, including Apollo 13, Remember the Titans, Guardians of the Galaxy, the list goes on. Not to mention... Tons of commercials. That, that is truly an example of how you could live off of your one-hit song. The Right Side of Rock with Nick Summers. We're doing one-hit wonders of the 70s and Where Are They Now, which I always find to be almost as interesting as remembering the band who came up with the one-hit wonder. This song I do remember. This song didn't bother me. I kind of liked it. Dancing in the Moonlight, King Harvest. Dave Doc Robinson, who played bass, sang vocals, Ron Altback on keyboards, Ed Tilea on guitar, and Rod Novak on sax. They initially formed in 1969 in Ithaca, New York. They'd break up a couple of years later, but they reconvened in Paris. Dancing in the Moonlight soon followed in 1972. It took a while to find an artist. As a matter of fact, they even quit. While the song was just kind of laying at the bottom of the charts, they figured they were never going to make this. Then, boom! It hit America, and by 1973, it reached number 13 on Billboard's Hot 100. Then the group got back together, toured heavily, but never had another hit. They broke up in 1976. Can you imagine? You release a song, you think it's going to be something, it's not. You break up, then you find out it's huge in America. you got to quick get back together, right? Yeah. We get it almost every night. And when that moon gets so big and bright, it's soon. Disbanded, Novak, Altback, and Tilea toured with the Beach Boys. He even wrote uh, Altback, Altback, rather wrote, co-wrote the Beach Boys song "Lady Linda" with Al Jardine. They reunited in 2012 for a couple of performances to celebrate the 40th anniversary. Robinson passed away in that December of 2012. His former bandmates honored his memory with an original song called "Doc." Then released a new album, followed by the single "Our Old Songs." Here's an interesting one. Who remembers the band Ace? Maybe not the name, and not to be confused with Ace and Kiss, but Ace was born out of Sheffield, England. They developed an initial following playing at pubs throughout the area. Their first album... Five Aside was released in 1974 and it featured this song. How Long? Paul Carrick wrote it. Now, Paul Carrick, that's quite a name. This song, by the way, reached number three. The band never, ever had another hit. Even released a couple more albums that went nowhere. So, Paul Carrick actually joined Roxy Music for a while. He even was in Squeeze, you remember that band? And worked as a touring musician for Roger Waters. Then in the 80s he joined up with Mike Rutherford from Genesis and his band Mike and the Mechanics and had some huge hits there, including In the Living Years. How long has this been going on? Well, friends with the fans, super sweet. I see. And you said you was never intending to break up our scene in this way. But there ain't any use in tending. It could happen to us any day. How long has this been going on? Here we go with another rock hit that reached number 21, Mississippi Queen. This is again an example of a band that maybe they only had one official top 40 hit, but they were so instrumental to the sound and the music of the 70s, and we're talking about Mountain and Leslie West. They formed in 1969. The lineup was filled out by Felix Peplardi on bass and keyboardist Steve Knight and drummer Corky Lang. Their initial run lasted three studio albums from 70 to 72, 21, number. The number 21 hit, Mississippi Queen, was the band's biggest and only single to crack the top 40. They did go on through Leslie West, releasing a total of eight albums. And again, he also, Leslie West that is, turned out to be a very influential guitar player for a lot of other guitar players. He's played with Bo Diddley, Ian Gillen from Deep Purple, Joe Bonamassa, Ozzy Osbourne. Now, health issues later plagued West in life His diabetes and bladder cancer took his toll. He died just a couple of years ago in 2020 at the age of 75. guys had uh, done some stuff mainly in the jazz genre. Even Meatloaf and Mick Ronson. Again, very influential. Kind of a uh, a musician's band in a sense. But still, they left us Mississippi Queen. Another one where I've got a couple of their albums and I like them. I never considered them a one-hit wonder. When you're a rock fan, you generally don't get a lot of hits out of your favorite band. Generally. Top 40 hits. Especially now. Can you imagine some of this music on today's Top 40? It would never fly. It would go straight to rock radio. And then you hope they get something there. But back in the day, the charts were filled with all kinds of different styles of music. It was interesting. You would have a disco. If anybody has ever heard the Bob format, you know, or the Jack format, as far as radio is concerned, where it sounds like a jukebox, anything and everything gets played. Top 40 radio was kind of like that back in the day. You had the 70s soft rock stuff. You had, like I just played, Mountain Mississippi Queen, you know, you had Boston later in the 70s, you had some Van Halen all right next to some of the top 40 stuff, disco stuff of the of the era. It was an interesting time in radio. So, this band to me never fit into the one-hit wonder because I know several songs that classic rock radio plays, but Top 40 they only had one hit, reached number 8 in 1974, and it made it spurred their album Hair of the Dog to platinum sales. See, there's another one, Hair of the Dog, played constantly in classic rock radio, but it wasn't a hit. Who is it? It's Nazareth and Love Hurts, which, by the way, is a cover song. has changed many times over the years but they've kept touring, even releasing new music Dan McCafferty served as Nazareth's vocalist for more than 40 years, he's pretty much the only one that's been in there, right Manny Charlton, by the way, Nazareth's lead guitar player from 1968 to 1990, also served as the band's producer on many albums including Hair of the Dog, he went on to produce demos and other albums for Guns N' Roses, wow so that guy had a little bit of success even had solo albums 14 of them he sadly died just this year at the age of 80 this is the right side of rock thanks for downloading and listening to the right side of rock and it's time to do the final cut this song by far is one of the most incredible one-hit wonders ever with its thumping beat infectious guitar and frenetic energy black betty was an irresistible rock hit according to ultimate classic rock The tune actually preceded Ram Jam. Did you know that vocalist-guitarist Bill Bartlett laid down the track? It's his reimagining of an African-American folk song. I had no idea. And he did this prior to the formation of the band. The song peaked at number 18 in the U.S. and enjoyed a long life licensed in films, television shows, commercials. Unfortunately, none of Ram Jam's further output ever matched this 1977 single's success. Bartlett confirmed about 10 years ago, 2011, that he retired, quote, a long time ago, no longer had the stomach for the music industry. Former Ram Jam guitarist Jim Santoro made a new life as a music teacher in New York and continued performing uh, as part of a duo. Mike Scavone, who provided further vocals and percussion in Ram Jam, turned to work with his own band, the Doughboys, also became a member of the Yardbirds in 2015. But they left us Ram Jam, Black Betty. Wow. Wow great guitar playing great arrangement and it was a hit who knew it's my final cut the right side of rock here's the final cut Right Side of Rock with Nick Summers.